Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode number nine of the Data Binge podcast. I have to say these past nine episodes have been super crucial for my learning. And I've gotten some really great feedback from colleagues and new friends and acquaintances that have reached out about how much they've enjoyed some of the content here. So hopefully, the goal of sharing my learnings from this ever-growing cohort of mentors and the general expertise of intelligent cloud and AI strategy also helps all of you listening wrap your arms around how others in the space are thinking and approaching challenges. And in the meantime, we can have a little bit of fun too. So here we go. Today's guest offers such a great wealth of knowledge. Arlene Abarquez is a digital advisor with Microsoft Digital. And first of all, she's such a wonderful person. She brings with her 30 years of experience in the technology industry. So she's got some great insights for us. And her ability to understand large and strategic initiatives in the center of how businesses are operating and her ability to help these businesses see through their digital vision and journey are her focal points of success in our organization. And I've seen that firsthand. Let's listen to what Arlene has to say. There's a lot to learn here for people of all walks of life. So much leadership here, comments about diversity and inclusion. It's just a wonderful, wonderful episode. Thank you so much for listening. And now I bring you Arlene Abarquez. Hi, Arlene. How are you? Hi, Derek. How are you doing? (laughs) I am great. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. Well, thank you so much for joining the Data Binge podcast today. I know I've been I've been chasing you for a little while. You're a, bu- a busy woman. You just had a fantastic trip and took some vacation time, which is really nice. Um, thank you for coming on. Um, I wanted to invite you on because I've learned so much from you. Um, you being a digital advisor for our customers, you having such a high level and a low level understanding about business strategy, and you're just so great with connecting with people you have a level of, of executive presence that I haven't seen, but I would like to adopt in my future career. And hopefully today we can uncover some things about the way that you look at the world. And um, I was thinking we could start off by getting some info about your background and what you do at Microsoft. Sure. So Derek, let me start off by saying thank you so much for inviting me to your podcast series. And uh, I absolutely appreciate the kind words You know, we've had the pleasure of working together on an account Herbalife, and we did get to know each other and and what drives each other. So, again, I do appreciate the opportunity to to share and and open myself up into what drives me um, and and take it from there. So my background, um, I've actually got about 30 plus years experience in the industry Um, mainly in innovation and technology. I have a marketing background, a brand and product uh, uh, marketing background. I've worked for companies such as IBM for about 13 years. I've always been in global roles and I've worked for other consulting companies such as Infosys Technologies, Tata Consulting Services. I also had my own consulting company and I did a couple of startups, um, two in Asia and one in the US, which is marketing as a service and sales field outsource as a service. So needless to say, I have a very diverse background. I focus mainly on the business aspects and how to innovate from the business um, outcome and objective perspective. And I enjoy day-to-day working with clients and helping them through their digital transformation journeys. 
That's fantastic. And but you have a very interesting. Not only do you have a, a very interesting uh, experience set, but you, I'm just looking at your LinkedIn profile a couple of days ago, and I noticed that uh, the U.S. Naval Academy was on there, and Annapolis Bachelor in Science, Computer Science. That's pretty crazy. Tell me a little more about that. Yes, Derek. So, so thanks for bringing that up. That is uh, one of uh, my secrets, I guess, in in, in my past. Um, you know, I'm a Navy brat myself. Uh, grew up in the military family. Um, my father was U.S. Navy, and you know, I saw it as a chance uh, to you know replicate the good work that my dad did in terms of serving his country. And going to the Naval Academy was at the time when I was in high school was a natural thing for me. Um, it was very tough to get in and, you know, you had to have uh, great grades, you know, good athletic ability and, of course, a potential for leadership. So um, and it's a it's a, a pretty much paid education um, with top notch students from across the country and a few from across the world. So very great opportunity for me. I was in the class of uh, 83, which actually was. Uh, the third or fourth class uh, to admit women. So I was very fortunate. I, I had a nomination from President Jimmy Carter and a nomination from my uh, Senator Strom Thurmond, who at the time, by the way, did not uh, uh, want to admit women in the military. He was against it. So that was a big uh, feat from the state of South Carolina. So yeah, very proud of that. Uh, learned so much. It was a uh, very much tied in with my colleagues. And I just grew up so fast. So I'll have to tell you. So that's amazing, Arlie. I didn't know anything about any of that stuff. I see. I, I knew you were a heavy hitter. <laughs> I knew you were. So, and I want to underscore um, your efforts and your leadership and your contributions and your vision for um, women in technology and the progression of uh, the women's movement and, and um, uh, wage gap equality and things like that. I want to I want to talk about those things. And but first, let's talk a little bit more about what you do today and how you look at a customer's journey. So, what is Microsoft Digital? And then not Microsoft, but how do, how do you? What's your lens look like when you're viewing a a, a customer's journey or a, you know one of the many customers that you work on work with on a daily basis? Sure, absolutely, Derek. So Microsoft Digital is a group that has formed probably a couple of years back, and their main mission is to really actively seek out, um, you know, four hundred top four hundred companies or Fortune five hundred four hundred companies that want to really innovate and reinvent themselves in the new digital age. You know, some people will say that it's you know industry four and it's the new digital uh, revolution. And, and that's true. I mean, there are so many companies that have gone by the wayside because of their brick and mortar presence or because of the old legacy traditional type business models. So what we're out to do is work with companies to help reinvent themselves into this new digital world and help them foresee what their future could be. And in a lot of cases, that's remaking their current uh, models and the way they do business. So it's really digging down deep and, and asking yourselves, you know, who do I want to be, you know, five, seven years from now? And what do I want to be to my clients? So those are the types of companies that we work with. 
Um, of course, it, uh, their operations would eventually be on Azure or would be on Azure from the start. And uh, it's infrastructure as a service, you know, application as a service, um, and you name it. We look at uh, innovative technologies such as, um, you know, HoloLens, cloud, AI, machine learning, IoT, um, digital twins, um, all the type technology that really helps businesses uh, do things better in a quicker, more efficient manner and really get to the heart of the customer experience. That's one of the things that really drives how companies look at their future is what is the experience that they want to give customers? Because everything in terms of services and products has been so commoditized. Um, and that's why you're seeing the industry lines blur. So banks are becoming service providers. Service providers are becoming banks. Um, you know, even grocery stores are becoming service providers instead of just selling you know, straight groceries. So there's so much cross-industry learning that's also happening um, and learning from each other's models in terms of how they can reinvent themselves. So very exciting space to be in. And I'm just very fortunate and grateful to be working at Microsoft doing this. That's wonderful. So, so when you are brought a new uh, customer and, you know, we, there's this, this a very demanding, um, there's a very demanding need for, for you and your services and what you can do and how you can partner with our, with our customers. And when someone goes and procures your time and says, okay, Arlene, let's, let's work together with this customer. They're fantastic. This is what's going on. And we start laying out kind of the, the background and the portfolio of their assets and what they're doing. How do you go about just getting to know this customer and, and, and really trying to understand where they're trying to go? And how do you bring those learnings in from your past experiences and past service, uh, past uh, customers you've worked with to figure out their vision and their journey. What does that look like for you? So absolutely, Derek, you know, half the battle is coming in with the right attitude towards your customer and with your customer and the way to approach it, or at least what has worked for me is to come in with uh, understanding, with good listening skills, having empathy for the challenges and the problems that they face day to day, and just really coming in to try to partner and team with them to number one, under, uh, uncover what it is that they want to do. What is their digital strategy? What's their vision long-term? And then through all the experience I have and the resources that I can tap, whether they be within Microsoft or with partners, you know, our job is to sort of mastermind, okay, knowing this, knowing where they want to go, how do we get there? You know, what is the path? What is the journey? What is the roadmap that we need to take them through? And you've been able to experience an envisioning session that we did with one of our clients. And that's actually a good way to start because people really, you know, it's not natural to innovate. And so you need to get them away from the office to where they can think out of the box, so to speak, is such an old cliche, but just to be able to open their minds to think about what is the art of the possible? And, you know, through an envisioning process, we actually start with what their strategy and vision and objectives may be, or we may start to help them get to that digital strategy, vision, and objectives if they don't have it yet. So the envisioning session itself can be set up in many ways, but we actually let them relax and let them open up. We as digital advisors listen, have empathy, 
And in the back of our minds, our wheels are turning on all the things and pieces and parts that we can put together to help them. And so that's our role to really do that, uh, you know, journey mapping, the book of dreams, if you will, in terms of um, Microsoft lingo, um, to again, put structure to their digital journey and where they eventually want to be in terms of uh, who they are to their customers. And, and that's, that's great. And I, I actually, like you said, partook in one of those uh, events and it was just so fun. And you led the entire thing. And I don't know how the heck you had the stamina to do it because you were just like, your brain was just going a million miles a second. So let's say a customer approaches you and we start, we start with this envisioning session and we're trying to figure out where they're trying to go. What are some things that hold customers back? Because um, there's a lot of you know the budget, or they're they're scared that the technology won't work, or they've been burned a lot in the past, and the cloud is a new is a new environment for them, and machine learning and AI. They, sometimes they don't have the, the digital assets or the assets in in, uh, in in capital, human capital, to move forward. How do you encourage the customers to adapt um, and adopt to the vision that you paint and? throughout this, this series of concepts. Absolutely. And I think that's a great point. And you just uh, said very eloquently a lot of the issues that can arise, including the risk. Um, you know, there are a lot of C-level individuals that get into these envisioning sessions and they think, oh, I've done this before. You know, we're going to go through the same thing and then we're not going to be able to execute. You know, this is where we really need to, you know, take emotional intelligence into the picture and actually have empathy into what the customer can really bite off in sizable chunks to get to the vision and the outcome that they expect. So we go in and we don't want to boil the ocean. We don't want to promise the world. That's not what we're there to do. We're there to help them work through their journey. Doing that entitles, uh, entails using a few tools like a digital maturity model. So again, we scope out where they are, where they want to be, and then we have to uh, put these into work streams or uh, bite-sized chunks for them to be able to execute. But there's, you know, I know I've said this, but there's a lot of effort that goes into this. You know, there's our global black belts, there's the CSE, there's our industry experts, there's other subject matter experts from corporate, there are some subject matter experts from the digital win room team itself. So there's so much effort and planning that goes into not only the upfront and the envisioning itself, but on the back end in terms of developing that solution and architecture that we think will work for them. So, you know, how do we how do we solve it? Well, we don't push. That's a real thing. We don't not, do not push the customer into anything that they may be getting over their heads. So again, it's having empathy, understanding where they are in their digital maturity model and helping them to get there piece by piece, step by step, and delivering things that we call micro wins. And micro wins are basically um, work streams and tasks that we have that we can execute and have a win together. So it's step by step based on a roadmap and uh, there's short-term, medium-term and long-term roadmaps. And also investments come into play. You know, how much budget do they really have? How much do we need to help them with in terms of sandbox and development work for experimentation and rapid engineering iteration cycles? So we're very flexible, I guess is what I, is what I want to say in a nutshell, in where we help the customer, how we help the customer, um, and to what extent. And and sounds like there's, I mean, that's excellent. And there, it sounds like there's so much 
leadership there that you described. And I, and the, the word that you kept on, you know, putting in bold and italicizing is empathy. And when I think about empathy, I'm, I try to be as empathetic as possible, and whether it be professional or personal life. And it's, it's not easy, right? It's not easy to change your mindset and have the growth mindset. And, uh, you know, our CEO, Satya Nadella, constantly talks about empathy. So for, for you personally, and, you know, working with so many people, um, what, what drives you to be empathetic? Um, because that's the learning I want to take away. Uh, one of the learnings I want to take away today, what drives you to be empathetic? Was it the way that you were raised? Or is it a certain way that you have to look at the world? And how can people adopt that mindset themselves? I think you're absolutely right, Derek, and you've hit uh, the nail on the head in terms of uh, the values of not only Microsoft, but what our CEO, Satya Nadella, has put forth for the company. And that these are one of the reasons why I love working for Microsoft, because their values align to my own. To answer your question, uh, yes, I mean, I've always been value-oriented and driven um, since I was a child and you know, through college, through high school, through college, and through my my work career, I have a particular, I guess, streak in myself that is always to reach out and help people. So um, I always like to be in the background, but I love to uplift people and help them. And so with that naturally comes empathy, understanding, and listening. And being a parent, another thing that you know we touched on, it, um, you know, when we met earlier. Uh, you you will learn these skills, right? Uh, because parenting skills very much are guidance, mentoring, you know, giving good advice, having empathy, listening, um, so that the child can be heard. So I mean, similar situation, um, and that drives me. So uh, and my faith as well. I'll have to say I have to put that front and center. Please, you know, I, yeah, please do. Values, and in terms of uh, serving people and helping others, that's just fundamental in my DNA. So my faith is a big part of who I am. And I think uh, I take that onto my work life and my personal life in terms of servitude of my, my brother and sister. And that includes clients in this case at work. Yeah. And, and so for team members, and it's also important for our customers to have our same values and to adopt some of the, the ways that we think. And, you know, there's a lot of uh, uh, things in the news about different technology companies' stance on certain topics. And Satya Nadella said it really well, but he said something along the lines of, we have to be leaders to our customers as well. We have to maintain a certain perspective so that they can learn from us. And sometimes it's, it's worse for us to, to detach and not work together with them. Absolutely. So, you know, I want to say the phrase, welcome to the new Microsoft. I've used this term in many of my client visits because Microsoft has not been known uh, traditionally for its values. We've been known for IT. We haven't even been known for digital transformation or the business aspect of, of, of looking at uh, digital transformation. So I think you're, you're absolutely right. It has everything to do with aligning your values and morals. And sometimes in most cases, it rubs off on the customer. And I really think in my engagements that the customer appreciates this. They appreciate it so that they can trust you. There's honesty. Um, there's integrity. Um, there's even grit. They will stand beside you no matter what. Um, so I think it rubs off, you know, kindness and empathy and, and really caring about the client rubs off. I, I completely agree. So now that we're talking about, you know, we're really getting deep into this, this uh, hierarchy of your values. 
as they align to a lot of the values of the company and, and to executive leadership and now to a lot of our customers as we move forward, um, you know, can you talk a little bit more about your accomplishments, you know, the United States Navy, Annapolis, computer science that back in the early 80s as a woman, that's, that's crazy, you know, because of the times. And, um, you know, what's helped you to be successful as a woman in your career? Absolutely. Uh, Derek, thanks for acknowledging that and bringing it up because way back in the day, it's pretty, it was pretty much a male dominated world. If you were in engineering or you in, or, or were in technology or computer science. So, so it was very tough. I mean, you have to stand your ground, you have to know your stuff and you have to rub elbow, elbows with the, you know, the other gender. Not that that's a bad thing. It's actually a good thing because it helps you to become a better person, to be competitive, um, to be uh, proactive and reactive. It, there's all goodness from it. Um, I think uh, over the years, there's been more focus on inclusiveness and diversity, which is another um, two other factors that come into play on why Microsoft and why we're a great company, not only to work for, but a great company to do business with, because we truly are living and breathing Satya Nadella's values of being inclusive and diverse. And I think that's why the new Microsoft is working. So we learn from different geographies, from different cultures, from different ways of doing business, believe it or not, in all the international um, uh, countries. You know, business models in banking and insurance are different. Even business um, backbones in terms of how they do clearinghouses and payments are all different. But we learn from that and we use that education. Uh, it spawns ideas, spurns ideas on how we can do things better in, in other countries. So we leveraged all of that experience. Um, inclusive and diversity, uh, again, I think has been a large factor um, in upcoming in terms of focus. Um, inclusion is having, you know, a woman like myself or like your colleagues having a seat at the table and having a voice at the table and being heard. I've been in companies in the past, as you're saying, it's so hard uh, because the culture in those companies is one of male dominance in, in uh, you know, where women are, are um, resigned to, you know, jobs that are not really heavy decision making uh, positions or uh, dealing with strategy or, or, or things like that. And I think within companies like Microsoft, you know, the ceiling's a limit. There are no limits, basically. And, and our voices are heard. So I really feel that uh, Microsoft itself is a company that can uh, promote uh, diversity and inclusiveness and listen to the voice of women, which is so valuable because we do, it's like Venus and Mars, you know, they say in the book, we do bring a set of different skills, a set of different um, cultural and social aspects, not only in our personal lives, but to work that really balance out uh, the culture um, and how we deal and work with clients. So very positive was was how I would describe your your response to that. And I'm a big fan of Ginny Rometty, uh, IBM CEO, and she's I have a lot of respect for her. Done a lot of wonderful things for for women. Very gritty, um, very respectful, and her responses to some of those same questions they sounded a lot like yours. So I really appreciate that. Um, so what should women today? The landscape has changed. Companies like the Microsofts and the Googles and a lot of the tech uh, companies and the Pepsi like that are evolving. Um, a lot of women leadership and things like that. Um, but generally, 
you know, we're still talking technology. We're still talking engineering, uh, very, very heavily indexed, uh, opposite of the diversity curve that we want. Um, how should young women um, that are coming up today and minorities as well, people who don't have a, a big voice and they grew up and their parents grew up in an environment where having a big voice was not helpful, how would you encourage them to begin to dominate in, on calls and in positions and projects and strategy and all these different things at multi-levels? One thing I've learned, Eric, is you really have to know your stuff. So be a subject matter expert, uh, be an expert and really know your stuff because whether you are male or female or any other gender, if you know your stuff, you're normally heard at the table uh, because people like to listen to experts and that in itself has credibility, it has trust, it has authority, it has all the good things in the formula of wanting women's voices to be heard. So one is to really know yourself stuff. The other is to take an active role. And even though for some cultures, including myself coming from a Filipino culture, it may not be natural for women to speak out and to sort of command a presence or seat at the table, don't be afraid. So my biggest message to young women and young leaders coming up is never be afraid to speak your mind, to share your point of view, to have a voice and, and seat at the table, but really know your stuff at the same time. Um, so be, you know, a little aggressive. And if you feel like you're not having heard, you know, I've gone through this myself, had a lot of side conversations with people that may have issues for whatever reason. And sometimes they resolve and sometimes they don't and you need to escalate and just don't be afraid to do that because women's voices and their opinions and the way that we approach things are really um, empathetic, which is what customers love. And bringing that that side to the table, I think, is really helpful. And just the Venus and Mars things, we think differently. And that opinion, you would not believe, just really matters if you're in a, a group, in a room of men, let's say. There's things that they don't think about that you would because of your experiences as a woman. I, so that would be my message. That's wonderful. That just warmed my heart <laughs> because... Uh, yeah, I have a lot of uh, personal stories of, you, you know, being in male-dominated industries and there is, there is a lack of warmth that's very topical and on the surface, but that's just one element of not having a diverse team. There's all these other things that are lacking by not having diversity in those teams. Um, so as you move forward, um, you spoke a lot about, you know, being a, a SME a subject matter expert, and you have a ton of marketing experience and branding, and you are constantly having to. I look at any role or any career like you're running around a track, you're sprinting, but you have to adopt to different sprinting styles and figure out how to run faster because the technology is changing and constantly being catapulted forward. And you've been in the business for a while. So, you know, one, how do people choose what, um, subject matter area they get into and how they explore that. And then once you've been doing it and you're now in your 30s and your 40s and your 50s and 60s and 70s and some people aren't retiring, I don't want to retire. I, I would love to just work and do these great things forever. Um, so how do you, what do you think about how you can continue to learn new technologies that you just didn't grow up around? Right, right. 
So I think that's an excellent point. I mean, my advice would be follow your heart, follow your passion, be passionate about some things. And it doesn't have to be one thing. And no one is saying that your passion, you have to be an expert level at, right? No. I mean, there's a lot of people who love to sing, but they can't sing worth a crap, but they just <laughs> love it and continue it. And you should, you know, follow your passion, whatever makes you happy. Now, if we relate this to the work environment and technology, uh, follow and, and pursue things in your career, line them up so that you plan the steps that you want to take to get to your ultimate goal. And let me tell you, sometimes the ultimate goal is not the prize. The goal is the journey. And that's one life lesson that I have actually learned over the years, because I've always been one to plot, you know, what my next future move would be towards my career. And I've realized this entire time, it's really been about the journey. It's been about the roles that I've had. It's been about the people and the managers and the executives that I've worked with. And I've learned so much. And I continually put myself in that position, which is probably why you see such a diverse background on my resume. It was intentional because I get bored doing the same thing for, you know, let's say two, three years. So I constantly try to reinvent myself and, and challenge myself. Another message would be, you know, don't be afraid to explore the unknown or something that you have a fear about or a phobia. Um, you know, it's all in your mind and just try to uh, overcome it by experiencing new things and reaching out and just not being afraid. If you think about a two, three-year-old child, they're never afraid. They try everything. In fact, that's why you worry because they might get hurt. You should take that same, you know, uh, playfulness, if you will, in the same quest for learning and uh, experimenting into your personal life and your and your work life. And you, I think you'll find that you'll be rewarded through the experiences themselves and not necessarily the end goal, although the end goal is very important too. <laughs> so, so quest for learning and reinvention and passion and all these different things. And, and, you know, so, you know, for folks that are listening that are not young in their careers and are not just getting out of college, um, you know, we're, I, I have colleagues that are, you know, in their fifties and some of them are very positive and they're very like, my career's just started and others feel that they're getting left behind because things are changing. Are they really specialized in a particular technology? Uh, we have customers that we deal with that are afraid of going into the cloud. They're afraid of machine learning. They're afraid of change because uh, they're not incentivized uh, to be on the leading edge. Um, how, how do folks like this, Arlene, um, change their mindset and reinvent themselves? What does that look like, a, a reinvention for someone like that? Right. So I, I think I understand where you're getting at. And I love how you keep bringing up the term growth mindset. I think that that's something that each and every one of us should adopt and really should take to heart. Judson and Satya say that it's mandatory for the sales teams and all. And if you haven't gone through the growth mindset and the challenger messaging, I really encourage um, all of you um, viewers to, to do so. Um, you know, it's basically, again, getting you out of your comfort zone and just really digging down deep into what you're passionate about and what you have permission to explore. A lot of times we put boundaries on ourselves. They're not necessarily boundaries that are set by others or by our management. And we should think about it as you have one life 
to live. You want to make the best of it. And you should uh, challenge yourself to also be the best person or individual you can for others. And this goes back to what our mission is as Microsoft, uh, set by Satya, um, to empower every person and every organization in the world. Um, this is one small piece of what we can do each is go through the growth mindset, um, you know, take courses, uh, listen to, you know, podcasts, read, keep up on current news and, and trends and technology, if that's what interests you. Um, Great. I I, I had I had a, a colleague of mine, uh, Connie Fan, on a couple episodes ago. She's a data solution architect, and she's obsessed with AI. Mm -hmm. um, you, you you may have seen her around campus with her "I love AI" shirt on, um, and she talked about all these different things about growth mindset and passion, and obviously had to go through a lot of adversity. So I really appreciate starting to see some of these ways of looking at the world align, um, and seeing so many people. Um, having that kind of way of looking at the world and the organization and it, it's very impactful. Um, so, you know, what is in store for you in your future? Um, you talked a lot about reinvention. Um, you spent some time at IBM and I'm looking through your, your, your resume and you've, you've had your own consulting business and you're just doing all kinds of fun stuff. So what's on the next stage for you for reinvention? Well, you know, I hope to be doing this for a while because I do love, number one, working with Microsoft. I love the team that I work with. And I just love genuinely helping clients um, digitally transform themselves. So I hope to be doing this a while, you know, into retirement. Um, and eventually, I think what's next for me, you know, after all the digital world and innovation and working with Microsoft would be uh, probably to pursue some of my uh, philanthropic efforts, which are women and children. So I love mentoring women and helping them out in, in their careers. And uh, children-wise, I, I love uh, working with uh, children in terms of um, alleviating poverty as much as possible and making sure that uh, uh, we take care of the children that are orphans and, and don't have good homes as, as what we've had growing up. So those are kind of my passions. Uh, um, on the philanthropy side, and I hope to get a little more involved in that. But I think, Derek, I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. I really love what I'm doing. I think that I saved the best company for last, and, and I just want to continue to to help clients and, and, and be there. You know, I, I know we're starting to come to a close here. And, you know, is there something in particular, Arlene, that you have learned um, in the past you know, 18 months or even your time here at Microsoft just recently, because you're relatively not new, but you've, you know, new compared to the average tenure of the, of the company. But what's, what's something that you've learned that you can kind of pass on to folks that are listening? And, and there are some, uh, some folks that are uh, uh, C-suite business folks from our customers that like to listen and um, people who are looking at the world and saying it's changing super fast and I'm scared. Um, there's also people that are really looking for some mentorship and ways to to change and make a bigger impact. Um, what are some learnings that you can share with us? Well, um, some learnings I can share in terms of the future. I mean, um, it's all about teaming. I've learned that 
throughout all the years of my career. It's really all about teaming and into getting into this new digital age. I think there's so many opportunities for clients and ourselves as Microsoft to work together to develop that journey and that roadmap of what their future business would be like. I mean, all of that is going to happen at lightning speed. And it's really a matter of getting onto the bandwagon wagon and seeing where you fit in terms of the value that you want to add. Um, in my mind, um, just learning that it's about teaming, it's about going into the digital age, not alone, but with an ecosystem of folks that can help. Um, and that's what we're here to do. The business models, you know, Derek, that's another thing I've learned is the business models have changed so much and you really have to reinvent yourselves. Uh, otherwise you'll be obsoleted. So um, again, you know, I've learned don't be afraid um, go ahead and experiment. It's okay to fail fast. Get back on your feet. Dust yourself off. Um, learn from it and, and just go on. Thank you so much, Arlene. I really enjoyed this, this session with you. Um, what is, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Oh, sure. So uh, you could email me at uh, Microsoft so that uh, maybe we can put that in. Definitely. Yeah, so it's, it's my uh, Microsoft email address or Gmail will work as well. I'll, I'll give you that address. Uh, Eric, there is one um, kind of quote that I want to leave all the viewers with, if that's okay. Please. So it's something that I've lived by, and I share it with a few of my close friends. It's a quote from Maya Angelou. Uh, Maya was a civil rights activist, and she was very much a poet, a biographer, uh, and, and just an awesome writer. And one of the quotes that she had was, people may not remember what you say, People may not remember what you do, but they will always remember how you made them feel. And this is one of the mantras that I actually live by. Um, I make sure that every opportunity I have to interact with a person or a company or a team, that it's one where I have an opportunity to listen, to be empathetic, to understand, and to really um, have kindness and approach problem solving together um, in a team environment. So again, it's not about controlling. It's not about being a boss. It's really about um, making the people that you interact with feel special, feel heard, and feel like you're there to help. So I just wanted to leave that with, uh, with other uh, women and uh, people at Microsoft in terms of what my mantra has been and what I try to live up to in every interaction that I have with people. Well, that's wonderful, Arlene. Really thank you a lot for that. And I've certainly learned a lot about just how to tackle things um, outside of the typical day-to-day -day data, you know, architecture, machine learning kind of business. I've, it, I feel like I've learned a lot about how to approach people and, and um, look at different challenges um, as we manage relationships and, and manage problems out there that our customers are working through. So really appreciate it. Well, cool. Arlene, well, thanks so much for joining and hopefully we'll talk to you again in the future. Thank you, Derek. I, Derek, I really appreciate the opportunity. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye, Arlene. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening today and having some fun with us in the podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please follow me on LinkedIn or 
at DRUSS Network, D-R-U-S-S Network on Twitter, Instagram. And you can also reach out to me anytime via email at Derek at thedatabinge.com. The Data Binge podcast is a personal thought form where we share knowledge and ideas. Views and opinions expressed here do not reflect those of my employer, Microsoft. I really hope you enjoyed. Thanks a lot.